This is Man Afraid of Everything. Welcome to Second City Improv, Part 3. I was in my car the night before our first improv performance. And I've always wanted to do comedy. And I've just been too afraid to actually, like, do it, to perform it, to pursue it, to make connections with people. And this improv stuff, I feel like it does help me make connections with people. It's been hard not to regret the 10-year gap between comedy writing classes at Second City and now. What was I doing? Working and procrastinating. Maybe I could have done something with comedy. Now, I feel old. Comedy is for new ideas from young people. After class one night, I was sitting at the bar with my classmate Marla. She asked how old I was. 34. It blew her mind. She said I looked way younger, like maybe 28. Marla was 23. She'd just graduated from college the year before, which sounded ridiculously young. But then I remembered I was 23 when I started the comedy writing program at Second City. My other classmate, Logan, born and raised in Chicago, also looks deceptively young. I think I try to hold off telling my age for as long as I can, and then when it starts to come up in conversation, I just start laughing. I have a smirk on my face because I already know what everyone's going to say. Oh, I thought you were 18 or 21. Yeah. It's like I feel like I was just 21, and now I'm in my 30s. And my mom, she she's very, like, blunt. She always used to tell me, you know, 10 years from now, you'll still be doing the same thing. And I'm like, ah, shut up. I'm going to be on TV. I don't care. You don't know nothing. And now that I'm 30-something, I'm still trying to do what I wanted to do years ago, but I wasn't focused enough. So it's almost scary that she was right, but now it's like I'm so busy trying to prove her wrong, but I still have her support because she only does that to push me. I think it's pushed me a little harder because now I'm like, I did my headshots. I'm like looking at casting calls. It's like I'm doing all of this stuff and I'm working harder. And I think it's because I'm older and I'm seeing like, okay, all this stuff in the 20s is a blur. And I should have been doing more, even though I did. But I guess I should have been doing even more. So it's like, I feel like this is my last shot. And I need to just like home run it right out of the freaking whatever these Fenwick Park, whatever those parks are called. It's hard trying to make it. You know you want something, but you don't know how to get it. I'm always chasing new ideas, but I'm getting older. I was talking to my classmate Zyla about it. Zyla's usually on top of everything. Maybe it's my age, but I finally come to the point where, you know, you are where you're at at a certain point, and that's where you're supposed to be. And I don't beat myself up. I can't change the day that I was born. I can only change what's tomorrow. I don't regret any of the choices that I made. I, I, would, I wouldn't have made me who I am today. Here I am, maybe, you know, 45, and there's tell people my age, and maybe they're, they're like, no way, you know, because you're just young at heart and you're playing with everybody, and it doesn't matter what age we are. I'm glad that I finally did this, and I'm, I, I would, you know, I, of course I would never have known if I'd never tried, so, like, you just got to try. And it's great to be around all these people that are younger. And there are people that are young that are you know, more fearful. And for me, I'm like, you guys have youth behind you. You have all this time you know, to do this stuff. And 
it just doesn't matter. Age doesn't, ageism and racism, you know, you realize that these are souls coming together from all different experiences, and we get to make something on stage. Compared to levels A and B, level C was more intense. The class was larger. There were several new faces. The room was twice the size of our other classrooms, and we finally had windows. A wall-to-wall view that looked down at Wells Street. Our instructor, Tim, wanted to strip out everything we learned in level B. Forget the who, what, where. It was time to find characters. Burst into a scene with a physicality, an emotion, a secret. It'll change the way you walk, talk, and carry yourself. Be bold. Was I being bold? I don't have a tendency to be bold. To create characters, we were tasked with observing strangers. How do they move? What facial expressions do they use? How do they walk? A lot of character development comes from simply walking a certain way. There was a lot more side coaching. Tim liked to stop scenes to demand more or to point out mistakes. He could be direct. A few classmates were critiqued more than others. Some people thrived in that environment because there was more feedback, but I'd retreat inside my head sometimes and only turn on when I had to do a scene. I actually skipped a couple of classes for the first time. I needed a break. I was feeling a little burned out. I felt like my characters were just me, standing there with the hand on my hip. But then I'd do a scene that was so much fun, I'd get sucked back in again. Like the night I was playing a loud, beer-guzzling jock. For me, improv was an activity filled with huge rushes, mixed in with waves of insecurity. I loved doing scenes, but I stressed out before and after them. What am I gonna do? Followed by, was that good? Was that okay? Was that, did I, was that alright? Did I do okay? Overall, I feel like the larger space in level C felt less intimate. The group didn't feel as cohesive, but maybe that was the point. The class was about character work. Focus on the individual, not the ensemble. We pushed through the intensity of level C and we were about to have our first showcase in front of an audience. I was stressing out about it the night before. I'm excited to see what everyone's going to do and how they're going to perform and what characters they're going to come up with and what they're going to do on stage. And like, I know it's going to be hilarious. It's nerve wracking because I know there's people going that I know and I'm nervous that I'm not going to be like, I've gone through all of these things and I've spent all of this time driving and going to shows. And I'm worried about looking dumb in front of all these people that I've I've made so much progress and I'm a more open person and I communicate better and um, I just go for things more often now. And, And then if I go up there and I bomb and I don't step out and I look timid or I look nervous, they're gonna think nothing has changed. Like I've spent five months and I'm still the same person but I was concerned about something different on the way to the show. I'm sitting here and I'm all worried because I decided I'd be nice and I'd brush my teeth before I went. So I was rushing to brush my teeth, dropped the toothbrush, it bounced out of the sink and the toothpaste landed on my crotch. 
Uh, I tried to dab it with a towel, but of course the towel flex came off and I tried to use a Kleenex and the same thing happened. And these are the only pants that I fit in that look decent. So I'm freaking out about that, paying way too much attention to the white spot on my crotch because I'm worried that it's going to show up in the bright lights when I'm on stage. I was so nervous. My classmate Preethi asked our instructor Tim if anyone had ever thrown up on stage. He said, no, because of the adrenaline. Most people get sick right after they get off stage. Oh great, something to look forward to. When I was a kid, I remember feeling a buzz backstage before school plays. My last performance was in eighth grade. While I was thinking about it, the intro music came up. We gave each other nervous looks and stepped out on stage. It was electric. The lights were blinding. We were on. I shuffled as far as I could stage right, until there was nowhere else to go where I'd fall off. Thoughts flashed by. What if I quit and walk backstage right now? What would people say? Before I could freak out, I got sucked into our first game called Rap Battle. I was part of the hype crew. We just posed and yelled out the last word in a verse. When it was done, my classmates ran their scenes, and then it was my group's turn. We were going to play a game called Comedy Death Cube. Four of us made up the corners of a square. The two people at the front were given a suggestion, and then Tim, our instructor, told us to rotate to the right. The new pair in front is given a different suggestion. This way, each performer has to juggle two different characters in two different scenes. And then Tim can rotate the cube left or right. And we have to try to keep up. Tim asked for suggestions from the audience. Michael and I started our scene based on the suggestion of prophylactic. I, I kind of need that thing from well, and, and I need another one because I've just been using all of my little blankets. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I'm getting out there. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited because I'm, I'm doing you good. I'm doing you good. From there, the scene kept going. But what about that pause? I could see Michael trying to mouth the words, but they never came. How did he feel about that moment? Okay, so I'd like to show you a clip okay. from our first show <laughs> and get your reaction. No, I haven't seen this. Okay. <laughs> are you showing me a clip? Are you showing me a clip of myself? Yes. Oh Jesus. <laughs> do you, do I need headphones? Yeah. Do you have? Oh yeah, yeah. Perfect. So you just plug into this. I'm like I'm mortified. <laughs> I never watch myself. Uh, ever. Uh, I'm sort of, uh, curious to see what my reaction is going to be like. I, I don't know. This is sort of exciting and nerve wracking at the same time watching myself. So. All right. Here we go. Oh my God. <laughs> Such a long pause. <laughs> That, oh man, it's sort of painful watching yourself be like super awkward and fidgety on stage. Uh, 
And um, yeah, but also very fun. I think this, you, you might have, this might be like, this might be the first time that I've actually watched myself do improv. I don't, I don't really watch the videos uh, ever. What did you think about the pause? Because it's a very dramatic moment where I didn't give you enough with the, my scene. I was just like, hey, I need that thing from you. And then you like paused. And I feel like that was our worst nightmare was like not having something to say and freezing. And I feel like that was a moment. I think I remember just like this overwhelming sense of like relief when you like said something again. I was, I just felt like, okay, you just bailed us out hard. But yeah, that was, yeah, we were on stage and it was silent for, for some time. But yeah, it was just really nice to have, to be bailed out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's exactly how I remember it. Like we went to the bar afterwards and it was just like, you know, you bailed me out on that one. And I was like, I didn't give you enough. That was like, it was all my fault. I didn't really bail you out. I was fixing my own mistake. At the end of our first performance, we played Freeze. I hesitated and never tagged anyone out. I just couldn't get out of my head. It was all over in a flash. Performing was a rush though. We bounced backstage and high-fived. I couldn't believe our first show was already over. I was meekly introducing myself to the class 24 weeks earlier and now, I had performed on stage, in the same theater where our show went up in 2007, when I was in the comedy writing program. The same place where I watched from the audience, as a writer, and thought, they look like they're having way more fun up there on stage. My class went out afterwards to celebrate. I think the collective excitement of everyone amplified my own excitement. After our night out, I pulled into my driveway at 12.30 in the morning. My parents were there, my girlfriend was there, there was a lot of people in the crowd, and everybody was laughing, and it was just awesome. And the energy with everybody, everybody had the same kind of nerves, and we've never been up there, and we were all working together, and like we were trusting each other, and we had so much fun. And the excitement, the adrenaline, like I'm pretty low-key, but after we walked off that stage, you couldn't help but smile and you're just cheering everybody else on like high fives, hugs. And you don't get that in the rest of your life. At least not for me. You don't get that feeling from going to work. You don't get that feeling from just hanging out with friends. In the weeks after the show, I started to wonder, am I good at acting? I don't know. I still had no idea what to do with my face. It's like it laid dormant for 30 years, and I'm just starting to use it to make expressions. My classmate Logan felt like... I think when I first met you, I was like, he is so quiet. But then it's like when you perform, you are very memorable. Like, we're like, oh my God, Jay just did that. And then you go right back to this this quiet. And then they'll say, okay, do this exercise. Boom, you go right out there. And we're like, whoa, Jet, and then boom, you go back quiet. Your timing is always impeccable. Like, you're like, okay, she's speaking. Then here comes your punchline. Then everyone's laughing. 
then that person, it's like you're always like thinking of the other person. And I think that's what we forget to do in the class is listen. Like we're always like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was funny. Okay. So let me be funny. Oh no. Okay. You're funny. So it's like you actually give your partner a chance to be funny. And it's just like, we're just always like watching you. And it's just like, this guy is really funny. We have to crack this shell. Second City Improv was teaching me how to let go of fear and step forward in class. To make a choice before it's made for me. Be a character. I felt more confident outside of class as well. I was less afraid of going out. But as I was talking to Logan, I realized I'm reserved. And then during the scene, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then I'm back to reserve. So like I um, have been struggling with like, have I really changed or is it just changed within improv and in that room or have I changed outside of it? You know what I mean? Uh, see, I notice when we go out, you're really quiet, but I feel like you're listening and you remember a lot from when we start, when we're like talk, talking at the bars and things like that. Like, I feel like you do, you're like really listening. So I noticed that um, you do get quiet. And then sometimes if you disappear, we're like, wait, where did Jay go? Because you'll just like, pew, and then you're back. And we're like, okay. But we're always thinking like, okay, he's going to do what he did in the class. But you're really just like, you're really quiet. But then you hang the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I disappear into my head. Like, I, I just like, like, I just start overthinking and like, I get lost and like, I've got to do what tomorrow? Like, uh, and like I just go through this whole Rolodex. Like, I can't stop thinking. And so people say, like, that's, some people say that's, you know, a bad thing because I disappear. And then other people are like, that's amazing. Like, you can't stop thinking. I'm like, it's a struggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish I could just turn it off sometimes. And maybe I am when I'm performing. Living in the present is rewarding, but it's hard not to let your mind wander or to worry. When I asked my classmate Marla what she feared the most. I guess one of my biggest fears is not not being in the moment. I'm always, and even when I was a kid, I remember being in elementary school being like, I can't wait to be an adult. I can't wait to have this responsibility. The, everything, everything the next step up for me was so much better than where I was. And I still find myself doing that. It's it's kind of a, this mentality of like, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll get to this next step and I won't have to be in this time anymore. You know, in college, it's like these exams, then I'm a sophomore and then I'm a junior. And there was always a mark that I was, that's what I was focusing on. And I wasn't, I don't even know if I was really taking in that moment because I was so fixed on becoming the next thing and, and, and moving on. But that's one of my biggest fears. I never want to look back on my life and say, you know, I did all this stuff, but I don't think I really appreciated any of it. And I think improv's definitely teaching me that because in these scenes, all you have is that moment. You know, you pull from experiences and your reactions to thing, things are from that, but you cannot think about everything you're doing later. Oh, if you have to get groceries, if you have to write this report for work, it's no, you're in the scene with this person or a couple people and that's it. And you really get, I get taken away.
I did not live an improvised life. Everything had to be planned. I needed to know what I was walking into. What route should I take? Do we have reservations? Is there a crime? Who's going to be there? What are the reviews? How expensive is it? What should I order? Where should I sit? If I don't bring a bottle of water, things could go bad. Where are the bathrooms? Who's going to be there? What should we talk about? What should I wear? It was always should, should, should. Improv helped me open up to be less afraid, to get up there on stage in front of an audience, to live in the moment more often, to be comfortable with being introverted, to connect more with friends and family. I had so much fun doing the Level C show. I was excited to keep going and to finish the improv program. There were only two more levels. After that first performance, I saw my dad outside of the theater and I thought about my first improv class. I gave him a hug. I don't remember the last time we hugged. I also gave my mom a hug. It ended up being the last time I hugged my mom before she passed away. A month later. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, Jed Stoneham, with help from Sylvie Douglas. Thanks to Katie for helping with the edit. Thanks to my classmates for sharing their stories. Thanks to Second City. Theme music by FF Low Beats.